0: Welcome to Out on a Limb, where traditional finance and the new digital economy converge with a sense of history. My name is Tim Enneking, and this is episode 22. Today is the 7th of February, 2023, Talk about time flying, and we will talk about four topics today. A couple of them brief, one of them, uh, the second one a bit more extensive and something that hopefully will be new and interesting to most uh, most of my audience here. The first is an acknowledgement, my February prediction for the FOMC increase was wrong. That's why we call it out on a limb because I go out on a limb and make such hard predictions and don't shy away when I'm right or wrong. Uh, there was not a uh, 50% basis point rather increase, it was 25 bips, as I'm sure you are all aware, uh, that to me strongly reinforces that March will indeed uh, be a 25 basis point increase. Just to remind you, the Fed meets roughly every six weeks, so it skips a number of months, although strangely this year because two meetings straddle two months, even though they're only two days long, they'll be a sort of a different arrangement. Uh, but I will come back to this later With uh, in addition to the 25 basis point prediction in March. That's our first topic, so one down, second to go. Last Friday was an amazing day in terms of government reports. As again, most of you are probably aware, there was a blockbuster, take out all the stops, blow the predictions away, jobs report. 517,000 new jobs were created. In the history of the US, that's almost unheard of. And it was triple expectations. So where did this all come from? And I wanna explore that a little bit because it's actually a fascinating story. First, a bit of background. There's something called the labor participation rate, which is basically the percentage of the population that works at any given time. And in most countries, it's that, that rate is in the mid 60s. In young countries, if you will, where the average age is lower, it might cross the 70s. And at times in the U.S., not very often it has. As the population ages, such as in Japan, the labor participation rate can actually drop below 60. And if it gets below 50, it's dangerous because then every working person is supporting more than one retiree in in general. There are obviously different population categories, but I'm simplifying a bit here. The labor participation rate's interesting in the US after COVID because in the last month, there have been a number of articles about the missing 3 million workers. And it's, it's an interesting concept. It's also related to what the unemployment rate is. The unemployment rate is not a measure of people who aren't working. It's a measure of people who are looking for jobs who aren't working because they can't find them. So there are two ways to lower the unemployment rate. One is to have workers stop looking for jobs because then the the number of people looking and out of work goes down. The second and much more positive and the one that everyone focuses on is to get jobs for those people. But there's something called discouraged workers and those are workers who just can't find a job. They drop out of the employment searching pool and simply uh, live at home, draw unemployment in some cases. But most people who draw unemployment are actually considered unemployed because to draw unemployment you have to look for a job. So these people sort of just drop out of the radar. And there were three million of them in two years. And one of the questions that economists are asking is where did these people go? I'll come back to that in a second. Let's talk about labor participation rate statistics. Between 1980 and 2000, over 65% of the US population was employed. So the labor participation rate was that high. The actual highest was 67.3%. So for that entire 30 odd year period, we had a very high labor participation rate. Strangely enough, postly 2008, 2009, the rates dropped very slowly and it hit about 63% uh, in 2020. In January 2020, it was 63.3. So that was the last full month before COVID. So it went from 65 to 63.3. That's a lot of people with a population of roughly 300 million, but still it hadn't hadn't fallen off a cliff and was fairly gradual over a 10-year period. Then COVID hit and the rate plunged it went to 60%. Uh, So from 63.3, the COVID low was in just after that, in 2021, and it dropped to 60%. So 3%, over 3% of 300 million is obviously 10 million workers. And so massive increase in unemployment because those people were looking for jobs. Although now in 2023, in January, so before this 517,000 jobs miraculously appeared, the labor participation rate had moved to 62.4. That was last month's LPR, labor participation rate. Now we don't have February numbers, obviously, in the, the January numbers at 517 just came out. Some of that is probably included in the in the move up back up to 62.4, but not all of them. So we are still more than 1% below, actually 2.5% below than the, the run, but we're still 90 basis points, 0.9% below where we were in January 2020, three years ago and uh, just before COVID. So then you come back and weave all these disparate facts together. The missing 3 million actually accounts very nicely for that 1% gap. 1% It, 1% of three, 300 million is obviously 3 million. I've not read that anyone's put these numbers together in this way yet, but the numbers are fairly fresh. So what we have is in all likelihood of those 3 million quote missing unquote people, 500,000 of them uh, jump back into the labor force in January, so we aren't missing those 3 million workers anymore. What that tells me is that we may have some more additional such surprises going forward, and we shouldn't be that surprised. The fact that it went from an expected 180,000 to 517, okay, yes, that's almost three times expectations, but the expectations, I think, were a bit low because those 3 million people didn't up and die. They're still there. They just stopped looking for work, and as the economy does longer for better, uh, longer for and better for longer periods of time, they start to come back in. So it's a fascinating it's a fascinating story. I haven't heard anybody weave again weave all these pieces together. But what this tells me is there's going to be more, uh, more or a higher labor participation rate going forward, and it will not necessarily uh, increase inflationary pressure significantly because these were folks that were in the the labor pool before. On the other hand, it's obviously up to, say, 2.5 million people earning money, earning more money at new jobs, so it will be at least slightly inflationary. So that's point number two about the labor participation rate, and we'll, again, bring this all together in a second. Point number three is is Mr. Powell's speech today, which was hawkish, which you always expect, even if the Fed is about to turn dovish, except if it's trying to prop up a sluggish economy, which is not the case here, it's gonna sound hawkish, even if it's slightly changing. So Powell comes out in a hawkish mode saying, not referring directly to the labor participation rate going up and the number of jobs, uh, increasing, but he did say, "Look, based on all the data, we think that we are going to have to move interest rates above five percent." Now we're at four point seven five. Now, obviously, twenty five bips in March means you're at five. To get above five, doesn't take a genius. You've got to you've got to continue to increase uh, interest rates. Well, that has a whole bunch of knock on effects because if you're increasing later, that means <coughs> excuse me the various Months where you don't increase rates are going to start later, and that pushes back even further reductions in interest rates. So some people have said they thought reductions would start in 2023. I've always been skeptical of that. But after today's speech and the jobs number from last Friday, to me, there is zero chance that we will see reductions in interest rates between now and the end of the year. And then you get to the hilarious part. I mean, it's it's, it's, as, it's as if someone's trying to play a joke on all of us. If you look at what happened before Powell's speech and after Powell's speech, let's take fiat markets first and then crypto. So what, what happened is the, the S&P opened, below, opened down about 50, 60 basis points. And then Powell gave his speech and he didn't automatically say we're going to have to increase more. He said, we're gonna to have to increase longer. And so then you see folks starting to digest that. As soon as he comes out and says, we don't have to increase more, <clears throat> the S&P jumps from about, from uh, where it closed yesterday, about 4,100 to, 41, to sorry, 4,160, and at that point in time, it's up over 1%. Then, peop- then he gets into later in his speech and said, yes, but we're going to have to increase for longer. Bam, the NASDAQ falls back down to under 4,100. It's down about half a percentage point for the day. And then people start thinking about this and say, you know, it might not be so bad. He didn't sound all that hawkish and everything else. And the NASDAQ reverses again. Now, his speech was uh, at 12.30. One o'clock, you get the first peak. By 1.30 and two o'clock, you have two bottoms. And by the end of the market, it shoots all the way up to uh, 41.70, actually 41.76, and it closes at 41.64. Up and down and up and down. Fiat, look at crypto. uh, It's down to 22,500 before the speech. Starts getting a little optimistic. People wonder what's going to happen. They think maybe it won't be so bad. Creeps back up to 23,000 right before it. He gives the speech, and in five minutes, it shoots to 23,350. So it's up $800 or 4% from the morning until he gives his speech. And then he gets to the part where, okay, we won't have to increase it more, but we have to increase it longer, and it plunges. It falls all the way back uh, from 23,300 down to 22,800. $500 drop in minutes, and now we're looking at, a 1% increase instead of four. And we're looking at in just this short period of time an almost 3% drop in half an hour. And now it's crawling back up to it. It had almost gotten back to 2350 when the S&P closed or when the markets closed. And as I'm speaking here, it's at 23,322, which is not bad overall. uh, Bitcoin is putting in a nice support around 23,000. I don't think it's clear whether 23,000 is resistance or support yet, but it's bouncing around that area, and uh, that's actually very good comparatively. Ethereum actually took out its previous high of the day when it spiked up on Powell's speech. Uh, Bitcoin is about, uh, it's not much, about 30 bucks below it. Uh, The uh, ETH had hit about 1677. And now it's at 1691, it looks like it's poised to take out 1700. So it's even more bullish uh, than crypto is, but the exact same whiplash as it skyrockets, plunges, crawls back up again, drops again. It's, It's absolutely crazy to watch this because markets just don't know what to do. They have a tough time finding a direction. It's more true of fiat markets than crypto markets, because crypto markets do have some internal dynamics. And one of the things we'll talk about next week is uh, what I've been sort of predicting and, and and definitely hoping, and that is the breaking correlation between, uh, between fiat and crypto. But for that, we'll wait a- until next week. That gets us to the fourth and final point, which is I'm adding... The 25 BIPs I was wrong about in February and February 1st, I am adding to the next FOMC meeting in May. So the uh, next FOMC meeting is March 21st and 22nd. I'm sticking to my 25 BIPs for that. I, had, I, I figured it would stabilize after that, but, but I'm taking the 25 BIPs I missed in February and adding it to the May 2nd and 3rd meeting, again, every six weeks. So it's the beginning of February, middle of March. And that kicks, us out, kicks it out to the uh, beginning of May. And that, I think, will be it for the rest of the year. And we will not have any additional increases. And we will have decreases not until uh, 2024. So there we go. That's out on a limb for today. I hope you enjoyed it. And we'll talk about correlation and other developments, breaking correlation and other developments next week. Thank you very much.